You're listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast. So sit back, grab a beverage as we discuss these topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. I'm glad, first of all, that both of you have decided to join. And I know we have another friend who will pop in on occasion. And we've had some discussions offline about, about you know, why he might not be here every day. And there, there, I think that that thing is is that concern is among all four of us, <laughs> like you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but I feel like we're at. A... <laughs> it don't concern me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm used I to it. Feel like we're at this point in time where um, I know I myself needed another outlet besides social media because sometimes social media can become a cesspool and take you away from what may or may not be real it's, it's, it's just it can be a lot and it's a lot without time to process mm-hmm. um, a lot of times like the conversation is ongoing uh, and I feel like there are some things that may be hearing voices as opposed to just seeing words typed on a, a screen uh, sometimes I think do a little a little bit better. So I feel like, yes, of course, uh, one thing I will say about this podcast is that it will be unapologetic. Um, because, uh, I think when mm-hmm. I, when you backtrack, when you, when you kind of stammer, when you aren't, um, honest about the way things, <laughs> uh, about your approach to things and your ideology, then I think what happens is when you do say something, when you do beca- show your true self, which is not like I, suddenly I'm the master of evil or anything, but just when you show, hey, I'm concerned about these things and these mm-hmm. things mean something to me, I think it shocks yeah. some people who maybe haven't seen that from you. Yeah. Now, I feel like people usually know where I stand mm-hmm. on a lot of things at any given time. Uh, but I, And I feel like I'm pretty honest about it, even though I try to be civil in my exchanges. They haven't been as civil as they need to be lately, but they usually, I, I usually do make a conscious effort. Um, it just hasn't seemed like it as of late. Like, uh, yeah, but. yeah. Um, for me, um, and actually, I, uh, I dropped off. Accidentally, he came right back on, so I'm not really sure if I'm going to be answering the right question. Um, however, I'll you know start. Um, for me, I have felt that I have muted. I have a lot to say. And not only do I have a lot to say, I know how to say mm-hmm. it. And I have a lot of things that I can articulate. However, in all honesty, I have muted myself um, in exchange for my livelihood. You know, because being mm-hmm. bluntly honest and unfiltered about things especially on social media especially when it's written i have seen it be taken the wrong way i've seen and it and it has become an issue at um you know on the types of jobs i do i'm a consultant so i have a very you know kind of do varying things it becomes an issue i've seen some seen some things happen have had some things happen um, so I'm super, 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 super mm-hmm. careful. Even though I still am playing, I still don't really bring it all the way that I can because, yeah, I, I don't want to. <laughs> That's, That's scary, Nikki. That. That's scary. 
what what <laughs> happens, um, at least in the types of atmospheres that I work in, often it's the places where you have to figure out how not to make the wrong white person mad. Um, and sometimes you don't know what will offend them. So you try to be very mm. great and constantly stay politically correct mm. because you, you, you almost can't predict sometimes what the triggers are and then what they will do with that trigger. Because when they get triggered, they sometimes simmer into a rage that makes them unreasonable. And that rage plays out in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, Central Park, Amy and Karen in the workplace, they gaslight mm. you. They turn your emails into different things. Mm. They create psychotic chaos uh, that is just not healthy mentally. And it's difficult. <laughs> and, you know, I, I work in very high pressure competitive wow. environments. Um, and so that is something that that I try to keep at bay. I think I've been traumatized by it to some degree because of some, some things that happened to me. And so um, but mm. over the last, probably the last couple of years, I have consist- consistently felt like, just internally, like, dang, you're being quiet. It's almost like I'm selling my soul to some degree. I Personally, I can't, you know, because I do mm-hmm. feel that there is a mm-hmm. lot I can say that that solves problems. And at the very least, makes some complicated things mm-hmm kind of plain that I can, you know, articulate them in a way that, that um, can be understood and in a way that people cannot refute. You know, I know I, I realize that about myself, that that's my <laughs> gift. And it's very, you know, I, I have mm-hmm. consistently felt like, like, and, and, you know, and it's just not healthy. It's, it's one of those, it's not healthy. And, um, I'm getting to a place where I'm tired of that and I really need a safe space. It's not even safe space to be like, oh, I got a vent. It's more like my ventation kind of comes out in solutions. I need a safe space to call this crap out in all honesty. I need a safe because you BSing me and I really see what's going yeah. on and I need a yeah. space where I can I can say it um, <laughs> and articulate it Right. And then have it supported so that it, you know, it, it's less of a chance, I guess, of it being construed, you know, or misconstrued. So, you know, and and so I'm not really even sure how to completely mm-hmm. articulate where I am, mm-hmm. but that's that's definitely a huge part of where I am and why I, you know, again, why I jumped at the chance to and the opportunity right. to participate. Um, because, again, I I do have a a, a lot, a lot to say. Definitely. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I I'm I'm so glad <clears throat> that uh, that both of you uh, decided to take this journey, uh, because that's the way I look at it. It is a journey, and it's bigger than you or I. You know, we're, you know, we think we're doing it just for us, right. but <clears throat> God always has a plan. You know, that's bigger than us. You know, we're just playing our part, and we don't know how many people that maybe going through the exact same thing need to hear you say it so that they can put it into words and then it makes sense in their lives. (laughs) That's right. Because we know the author of confusion, not to get biblical, but the author of confusion is the devil. Okay. And when he got you confused, when he got, 
<laughs> when he got you confused, he got you. That's that that's that's his game plan: and divide, question, conquer, and, and destroy. Bible, and, you know, he likes to. Am I not supposed to cuss? Yeah. <laughs> because I have. <laughs> I have uh, no, that that, that is not that is not a requirement. I, I start with one. That, no, like, that, no, no. Like I can, I can <laughs> fall off the wagon. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have some discussions from time to time where it's kind of like you know Lauren Hill said in the Fugees. You know she adds an MF so these ignorant. Yeah. You know, I, I've right. So, just, I leave with everything you know, I'll be hey, through. and that's sometimes the shock value. I know I'm muted online, you know, um, because I have time to write and think about it. But I know lately, uh, mm-hmm. probably the last several couple years, right? Some things I just, I, you know, I'm so tired. I can't even. Ex- I struggle to express them outside of that. Even you know, like so, because sometimes it's yeah. it's stupid shit, just stupid I shit, dog. It. It's stupid shit. <laughs> so you know that. I have another way to describe it. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you a question. Does your phone still say duck <laughs> when you mean the other word? <laughs> or did you already correct that? Or does it still say duck? It still say duck? Yeah, you know. Michelle, t- <laughs> I couldn't say, I'll be careful, but today my wife even was like, you got to be careful because it's, you you, you got to quit saying stuff in public. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like it's like my inside I, voice and my I, outside voice. Uh, insane. Oh, man. Oh, that's the that worst for me. I was having this discussion yep. with someone today about uh, exceptionalism and the exceptional Negro. And I think what we would, you know, I, I shared it and kind of wrote it down. And, um, but it's like there is this wow. The, the, the problem with being the exceptional Negro and being above average is that it really is a setup for like this midlife crisis <laughs> type of weight that is very difficult to carry and 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 bear because it's a frustration. Because one thing as an exceptional Negro that is the, the been thematic for my life is that that ten times better thing. What that does is that gets you into certain rooms and you get in there with people that are really dumb as box of rocks. But because you are the person of color, you Mm. have to be smart enough often to make them feel smarter than you. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. Not to interrupt. Not to to interrupt you. But, but, but. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no, she, she, well, I had my hand up. I was witnessing. No, 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 no. That, that, that right there is one of my biggest pet peeves. Why do I have to make you feel uh, comfortable yeah. and make you feel more than what yeah. you are? I'm tired of that I catering spirit. I've, I've had that in me for so long. Th- and now it. the older I <laughs> get, it. the more honorary I am because I, I'm very upset that I sat there and did this to myself yeah. for so long. I'm not mad at them anymore. I'm more mad at myself, but I have forgiven myself for it. And, uh, and I walked this journey, you know, uh, uh, listen, people, they judge you by the uh, character of your skin. I don't care what you say. It is out there, but you also have to have to know that these people, um, they are very fragile when yeah, it comes and, to 
it, them they, being they comfortable. Aren't, and I, think I mean, my goodness, bishop is that you know, you know, in life, everybody works hard, and we get rewarded according to the types of problems we solve. And in the world, you can when you get into corporate or even education, no matter what arena you're in you realize that it's the people that have the brain power and the strategy who get to move up in companies. They move up, they get rewarded. And, you know, money does not, money can cure, you know, money's not the, love money's root of all evil, but we also know that money answers all things. Um, And when you are in these places and you are working that hard, but you hit a glass ceiling with your reward, after years and years and years and years of this, it's frustrating because it's like, you're stupid and you get to run things or you or your position sits in a place where basically all you're doing is relying on me to think for you yet you're getting all the reward okay after a while that's exhausting Mm. it's a it's a matrix it's a big logic problem that you play all the time because you want to eat and because you want your kids to go to college and because you know all of these things and uh, because you really want to maintain honestly some first world problems um, oh yeah, you know, but exactly. it, it is a it is an exercise of frustration. I have just found myself at this point, you know, and especially like things like promotion and progress, they are not equitable. Like we all may start off the same with our white and Hispanic counterparts, but about five years in the game, it starts changing. Then about ten years in the game, it's like, wait, they there and I'm here. How is that? You know, and after oh, yeah. a while of observing that, that. Yes is exhausting yes. as well because we put so much of our life into work um that's that's exhausting and at this point in my life i'm yes. like um yeah I'm, I'm getting where my filter is getting a little less you know i'm on that i'm not i'm on that brink and 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 my filter isn't really bad my <laughs> filter is just a truth that that is dangerous right. sometimes it's unpredictable mm-hmm. how someone is going to react with that truth if they don't want to hear it or don't want to know it or it challenges them. Mm-hmm. Right. But I had to do... Uh, wow. you done? Yeah, no, no. You look, I probably got somebody really, ADD. I'm going to let y'all interrupt me because trust and believe oh, no. at some point I'm going to be if, doing if it. If you're ADD too, then we're in trouble. <laughs> I'm... I was like, yeah, I, I was that kid. Not, not the hyper part. I just would be like, all right, well, I'm gonna look over here. Um, but um, my thing lately has been like, uh, I used to be tell myself, and maybe this was fooling myself a little bit, saying that I am, I, I, I am patient enough to listen to anyone's side within yes. reason. You know, if, if their side is so ridiculous and, I, you know, it might come out, I might say, yeah, it's kind of stupid. You know, We've been told it's but, a sign of intelligence that we can listen yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, but you know what? I'm starting to think, no, maybe it's maybe it's not that smart yeah. uh, because because <laughs> you open yourself up to some mm-hmm. foolishness that <laughs> maybe you just, because you you like, I'm enlightened enough to hear this person's side and, and 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 uh, yeah. we had a discussion about peacemakers in the other panel discussion I was a part of, and I realized that I've always felt like I was kind of like the glue guy, mm-hmm. the, the the friend that kind of could join all the other mm. friends together. And certain, you know, uh, my one of my buddies used to always joke. He was like, "Adrian, you're the friend that the other friends don't want to share." Like, like so sometimes <laughs> your friends don't talk to each other if you're not there. Like, you're the friend in the middle. And, and and I'm like, 
that's that's weird, but okay, bro. Um, I, I love you too. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I I took that with me and I internalized that, and then I was thinking, okay, I'm that person, and and I always felt like, okay, so I can get along with anybody. I can, I can move in circles, and and we'll be cool. And then what I started realizing was that I was opening myself to some stuff, up to some stuff that I'm like, I don't, I don't think I want to hear this. And and um and and like it was taking away my peace. I just mm. felt yeah. really hard for this week. Like yeah. this week has been one of the more mentally taxing weeks. Oh, yeah. To the point where there was a moment where I cried a little bit. Like I yeah. was like, I don't want to be this to these people anymore. Like I want to like if this is what oh, if this is what you expected the whole time and then now you're shocked knowing and I always thought that people pretty much knew that that I was pretty <clears throat> not I, I, apologetically I pretty black that you was like yeah 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 but then it's like then I guess maybe they figured they could take the level of apologetically unapologetically black I was um and then but then they realized oh no Adrian's really black like he, yeah, you know, he thinks about black stuff and he cares about black people and 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 he he understands a little mm-hmm. bit of history. Mm-hmm. Like he reads, you know, these things. Um, he's into all this stuff, and we didn't realize we were getting this black guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I, how I think, how can someone? And I think that speaks uh-huh. to hypocrisy, and supremacy, <laughs> and part of the exceptionalism and the issue with white America. You know. How can someone who's just like us, I mean, oh my gosh, you're smart. Oh my gosh, you can articulate, you're so articulate. Oh my gosh, we can debate things and talk about things and you get it. And then they realize on this topic that you don't think like they do and it almost grieves them. And then sometimes even yeah, can anger like they, them. They're going through a, a grieving process. Like you're going through a grieving process because you thought they were okay. Yeah. Like they were you could like you could have differences and you could have um you could have uh, mm-hmm. uh like some things just some things you just don't agree on. Yeah. You know, because of life experiences and you you thought that right. you could have conversations yeah. about those things without it getting to the point where it got ugly. Yeah. But what I discovered was that some people, when they have that expectation of you, they have a really hard time not taking it to an ugly place and then trying to gaslight you that's and make it. you feel like you're the one that's taking it to the ugly place. That's it. Because Just because you won't back off of your position. I think yeah. that's the frustration I've noticed from a lot of people that right. turn on the light oh, yeah. here because I had a different light on and I was like, I, need, I can turn this one off. Um, <laughs> like, but like they try to gaslight you, like suddenly <laughs> you're being ugly about a position that's completely rational, but you won't jump. You, you won't. You like, won't it, say they're right. Yeah, you, you won't, won't be like. You won't say that they're right. And the angry, the more you don't say they're right, the mm-hmm. uglier yeah. they get, and the angrier they get. And then the more they're like, "Oh, so you're okay with this?" Like, I've never said I was okay with that. It, I've, this is now. I don't want to take up everybody's time with this. But that's the thing. That I can't stand when people do that. What, what, what we're in now, this right. moment that we're in now is that it's been wearing me out because right. it's like, hey, y'all, two or three things can be right at the same time. 
Yeah. But I don't have to back down off of what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Exactly. Because you want me to care about this because you really don't care about this thing. Like right. So you don't come care on. About that's it. That are dying in the exactly. Riots. I'm like, yes, I care about the people that are dying. Exactly. In the riots, but this conversation. Because I notice when people try to gaslight you, it's always like we're going to take the conversation in a direction right. that um, that you didn't start off in. So and it's like I'm like no, and so I redirect people, and that pisses them off more. And I'm like, no, no, but we're talking about this. So yes, yeah. I can be upset about people dying in the riots, but I can mm-hmm. also be equally, if not more upset, well, equally upset about the fact that we are at this place that. We have come to the place where there are riots. That we, that yes. we, we have just yes. everything. Yes. You can't hop, you know, over. You what know, brought this about and jump to the people dying without addressing why we're here in the first place. And I mm. feel like when you are having these conversations with people, mm. they want to mm. they want to tell you how wrong you are not to be upset about this, 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 and this. But then when you get to the thing that got us here, which is racism that has been intrinsic in in the very yeah. fabric of, of America for as long as anyone can remember what, mm-hmm. it, what, what we're built on basically uh, then all of a sudden they're like oh well that's different or or they leave it, or when exactly. they leave the conversation it like, is our American history if I make a point this dude dips this dude will mm-hmm. dip out the conversation <laughs> And then just jump back in when he feels it, like he can yell at somebody oh, yeah. and, 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 and oh, yeah. gaslight somebody else without addressing my part of the, the conversation. And then on well, top I, of that, mm-hmm. he will he will skip, he will never come back to my part. And that's how I know, oh, I got you. I've been listening to Shannon and Skilp. Yeah, so he said Skilp. Skilp. <laughs> I've been listening to his thing on Drew. <laughs> Like, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to add that uh, to that. Uh, when they speak on these riots as if, uh, you know, uh, Black Wall Street never happened, uh, as if, you know, we didn't well, have a bomb drop downtown well, in Philadelphia in the 80s. You know, as if. Look at Central Park, Amy. Amy, Ooh. what Amy what Amy did was how dare you think you can say a word to me? You must be punished and punished swiftly at all costs. And you have, and I don't really care. You must pay the price right now. And it she has to be your life. Him. Yeah, that's the thing. And it has to wow. be your life. She you tell him you me. have to pay this price. And let me tell you, that happens in the work. That happens in the workplace or every level. Yeah. It is how dare you? I'm going to oh, make yes, it you does. pay a price. And it is, and that is a violence. And that is a rage. Um, there's a lady, and I think, can't think of her name right this instant. I'll have to look it up. She has a book, though, called White Rage. And she got a video on YouTube. I want to say it's Dr. Carol Anderson, mm. but let's, you know, we'll fact check that. And she talks about how white rage manifests itself. Um, and this is a very super short version, but you guys got to take a look at it and t- got to take a listen to her because she talks about how. She even got into this book from Ferguson and gives some facts. And, you know, anyway, long story short, she basically says white rage manifests itself as a reaction to black progress in the form of processes and policies that rise up immediately to take the progress back. And she goes through 
history because because the the issue and the the crux of white rage is that Negroes want something. They want to take from us. What we have is ours and they want to take from us. And so we at all costs are going to make sure they don't take from us. Whether that is violence, that is just strict, straight violence. When the law says we can't be violent anymore physically, we're going to be violent with our policies. And we're going and and our processes and we're going to wrap our rage up in all these twists and turns and caveats and words that still come in and block progress and what you see with like you know all the you know the what is it barbecue karen whoever central park amy people like that you see that manifestation of that white rage that (laughs) rises up and says negro get in your place i'm going to make you get back in your place because you have gotten out of it how dare you yes and uh and that's violent that's violent yes that is violent and inhumane oh yeah yes and I run into that a lot. I run Violent into that a lot. Just because you didn't yeah. pull the trigger doesn't wow. mean that you ain't doesn't mean that you didn't kill him. It doesn't mean you didn't participate in the murder. So yeah, you know, I I, I think that <laughs> I think what I, wow. I, I'm there, Adrian, with I see, and I think for me, I grew up in predominantly white area. We were like maybe nine to eleven percent black, um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Hispanic, but it was basically extremely white. So when you go to school like that, you learn. Um, I, I'm from Baytown, and then with school in Baytown, and also Clinton, oh, Mississippi, yeah. and um, okay. yeah, and what you what you learn at a oh, very early okay. age is these survival tactics of you know, how do I how do I not mm. become the one the how do I not be problematic? How do I appease, you know, whatever needs to be appeased? You you start off in grade school with friends and then you you know, start realizing that whatever they're getting taught at home is not the same as what we getting taught at home. And whatever mm-hmm. they're getting taught at home, it actually prevents mm-hmm. them from truly allowing some type of true connection like they're always gonna have they 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 have always had that code of that is the bedrock of supremacy which is your place is not the same as mine and i think part of my deception as a kid was we were the generation mtv we don't see color we gonna listen to green day and we gonna listen to montel jordan or whatever (laughs) on mtv so you know, we all nobody sees color, and then, um, uh, then you realize that somewhere along the way, you know, uh, you know, 10, 15 years into adulthood, you start realizing, wait a minute, um, when my mom and daddy was telling me not to see color, mm. your mom and daddy was telling you something that makes you code up and see color and not ever break rank, no matter how uncomfortable yeah. it is for you yeah they taught you something that yeah. makes you protected so right that, and that that right there is just a mind uh. a, a, a a big mind fart <laughs> so you know that you gotta like overcome you know <laughs> but I, I i'm struggling right, right now with right. this riot situation wow as far yeah as, man um a lot of people's mentality towards it the blindness that people have is almost overwhelming. Um, the, the the solace I have is that 
those people that I do kind of sometimes say I'm like the white vote whisperer because I am like a person that um they come to and that um they <laughs> tend to hear <laughs> I just told yeah, I, Adrian I'm the Ask a Negro. I didn't know I was Ask yeah, a Negro, you I, know, but I, I found am, out through this riot. That is me. Part of yeah, it, yeah. Safe is also because they're not judged by me. I often have to hear some things that are extremely uncomfortable from people I know who are being. They're being very sincere <laughs> and they're asking me to help them see something. But I gotta try to help them. I gotta try to process what they said, and yet still kind of handle them. Yeah, you know, in a in a glass gloves manner, and you know, being that I used to be, you know, uh, I used to yeah, be I know. my pastor. You know, I'd be like, okay, God, so you know, I don't walk away from the pool pit. You still gonna have me out here with you? Know, like, you know, we still is, doing this. Oh, uh, the pool pit is wherever you go. Yeah, we Trust still, me. Exactly. We we still doing it. Okay. I mean, you know, it's a new. No, he doesn't. You know, and that's an, uh, and oh, that's he don't let go. About, you know, doing the work. <laughs> no. the work has to, the work of the ministry has to be done. That work is everywhere, and yeah. I find myself in those places where I'm still doing the work, uh, which I'm fine with. And, and I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. Right. It's part of the reason that people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, I don't run from it. I don't run from it. Right. Right. There's some work that has to be done there. Uh, but I have to balance that with the, the the human part of me that's just exhausted as a black woman in America and tired of doing the lifting and, and then also seeing the truth that if something is going to change, it got to change from the, the people to transact the change are the ones who the gatekeepers and hold the keys. Because I, I don't know that we need a revolution, as black people, I don't know that we need a revolution more than we need a renaissance. Yeah. Like, we 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 need to protect ourselves. Like, how do I Ooh. how do I raise black sons who I'm protecting their psyche and they're free in their mind at least? Like, how do I be black and proud? You know that that's uh that's kind of w- without being crazy and militant too. You know, yeah. so I, I that's my struggle. I mean, I think my issue. With that, Nikki, is I have children. There's a seating here where we're out mm-hmm. uh, out at and out here in West Texas, you know, the minority Ooh. blacks are three percent, three to four percent. We're not we're not nine, eleven, and thirteen. No man. We are three percent here. We hold no power virtually. So everybody or financially. Really and so, you know, but my kids because they know a black friend. Uh, mo- most of them, uh, it's either that or man, they make it quite known where they at. I mean, they don't, they don't apologize for it. These Dixie flags is flying more than you've ever seen out here, you know. And they use this high school oh, yeah. out here, which I won't say the name of, but you can put the clues together. Uh, mm-hmm. they use this high school because of it's, it's named after a general, and they and they hold on tight to it. Like today, it was announced the uh, what was it, the uh, mayor or the oh, governor yeah. of uh, Virginia. Uh, said that they're going to take this certain statue down, and boy, oh, you should have seen the the uh, the angry faces on that Facebook uh, post. But uh, uh, but but my kids here, they don't really have that struggle. Uh, one because there really isn't a, a a true hood here. That's one, and and there there uh, there aren't a lot of black uh, people. Period. 
And because my kids excel, for some reason, there ain't a whole lot of you know black kids that are here that's around them. So they're surrounded by white people or Hispanic people, which is fine, but they don't really know um, the dangers yeah. that they're in yeah. outside of this area. See what I'm saying? So, so you know, when they when they get out in these other areas, it's it's a bit of a problem. We're having to reteach uh, right now. I got grown daughters, but we're they're just now discovering that some people look at you by your skin. Yeah. They didn't know. See, so I mean, it's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy for me, so to say. Uh, but this ride has been a um, it's been a blessing and a curse. It's been a blessing, I say, because it's got us having this discussion. It's got us it, uh, it uh, ignited this podcast, Strange Fruit, uh, and I'm grateful for that. It's just a shame that it took a black man yeah. to narrate his death with a knee to his throat. To, to 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 get everyone to kick these topics off. Um, like I say, but I, I know down the road we're gonna have some major discussions and it's not against the rules to cuss, uh, <laughs> but I will put a uh a 10 cuss uh word limit. Uh <laughs> I will I will have a little meter and I will keep up with it, even uh, include myself. <laughs> and if we go over that, then uh, somebody's gonna have to send out a gift card. You know, uh, to, you know. All right, I guess we'll keep it. So is that <laughs> we gonna say ten per podcast? I mean, so we, that 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 way, that way when you use it, we. I mean, that way when you use it, Adrian. That <laughs> that means you're gonna think on the emphasis where you really want to use it. You're not just gonna go, you know, Luke Skywalker on me. You know, you gonna you gonna keep it, you know. You gonna keep it right. You gonna ration this thing out, man. <laughs> so um, you know we're gonna uh, do it that way. Um, once again, Nikki, you are going to be such an asset for this podcast because there's going to be so many black women that need to hear it come from you. Uh, and and I'm not trying to compete with you on that because I can't compete. With a strong, smart black woman. Oh, Trust right. me, I'm married to one. I don't compete with her. Uh, you know, so, I mean, but, you know, even Oprah need a statement. That's what I told Adrian last week. So, you know, hey, uh, we know our role. We know what we're meant to be. Uh, we know how strong uh, that we were called to be. Yeah. But, man, you know, we just need to say it. You know, um, uh, like I said, and and if it comes out, uh, any kind of way, then that's yeah. so be it. That that's what it's gonna. I'll that's keep, what I'm it's gonna, gonna be. PG. So I'll keep it PG. So you know, keep it PG. And yeah, it's a it's yeah yeah it's ministry. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, listen, there's gonna be topics where we're we're more passionate about it than the next. I, you know, and it, it it just is. Like I can't wait till we have a podcast about you know the day that we discover. Sure. That uh, uh, can I, can I we were that? black, or the day that we discovered that we were going okay, to like, a plantation okay. every day. Point, you know, it wasn't work uh, anymore. It was a plantation. Rock, though, right? Go ahead. Um, and, and and I'm originally from Round Rock, but also, okay. So right? and and Nikki grew up in in the Houston area. So so this right? is, the the thing about this whole thing is, and I know we probably y'all probably ready to wrap it up, but. I, I was thinking about what Nikki was saying about growing up in that predominantly white area. So I, I had like a little weird uh, way of, of kind of 
falling into that. So when when I was a kid, we lived in Houston. I, I was born in Houston. Um mm-hmm. and and um mm-hmm. so we we were either in Fifth Ward mm-hmm. or Greens Point. So like I, when I was first born, we lived in uh uh on in this house uh, I don't even know what mm-hmm. the Boston Lane house was, but I'm sure it was a hood. I was just too little to realize it. Um and then also mm-hmm. Like we lived in like my my fifth <laughs> ward and and we you know and, and I remember we lived in Greens Point and then my uncle passed away and at that time Greens Point wasn't known as Gunpoint it wasn't that bad and, yeah Greens Point was like yeah, a premier area and we had kind of like a little nice. I had kind of like I had I had mm-hmm. Indian friends and I had Vietnamese friends and I had black mm-hmm. friends and I had little white friends and we we had like a really multicultural little crew like you know Latinx friends. And then, but um, also, then my uncle yeah. passed away. We moved back to Fifth Ward to take care of his home. And my parents helped with my uncle's cleaners, helping because my grandmother took it over. And it was like the cleaners in Fifth Ward. And, you know, and, and so I went to Catholic school for in Fifth Ward, a great Catholic school in, in Fifth Ward, our Mother of Mercy. Um, I went to mm-hmm. our Mother of Mercy. Uh, yeah. in kindergarten and first grade then we left and for second and third second and part of third grade we were living in greens point then I, we moved back to fifth ward for me to finish third grade and fourth grade and the thing is both my grandmothers were teachers so wow so i talked i talked like yeah. and, you know awesome. like i had the vocabulary of a 21 year old wow. when i was in sixth grade that's my test results i had a college senior's vocabulary <laughs> yeah. in sixth grade but I, when I mm. when they tested me on that, I was at a white school. So because yes, we had moved by the time, so but when I turned ten, we moved to Austin, and we moved to Pflugerville with a P. Starts with P. You know that you know that area, bitch. And mm. so it was like I'm pretty sure yes. somewhere in our neighborhood there was yes, there sir. Was uh, trust me, I know, I know. Pflugerville was like we ran into some really. Oh yeah, yeah. We had some really racist moments, and I will talk. About uh, that you weren't episode. you weren't far, sir. You weren't far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, we, we we'll have yeah. another episode. Uh, right down the road was Huddle, Texas, sir. Yeah, you you were like, right in the mix. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, there's no yeah one at each age basically. <laughs> Got to be you. Got to have a series Ooh. on grade school, uh, middle school, high school. College. Yeah. They do. They really do because. Like I really found. You know what? I think every black person has that, and (laughs) exactly. Like, and you remember it like it was yesterday. Black, you know. You know, every once in a while, a kid would be like, "Uh, "You guys talk white." (laughs) Both my grandmother's teachers. First of all, that's stupid. Secondly, like you know, my grandmothers wouldn't. They didn't let us sound like we didn't have any sense. So, it's it's like, like when I, but I didn't know I was. I didn't really. I wasn't conscious of my mm. blackness until we moved to Pflugerville. And then I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, wow. You get that wake-up call yeah, yeah. until Pflugerville. It was like, black is different here. Like, black means it has different <laughs> connotations. Yeah. It's, so it's like, I think yep. we all have this experience. Because then we moved, you know, we're in the burbs. And we're in the burbs oh, yeah. with mostly white people. And so it was just like... Uh, like I think just out of that, that's like six episodes mm-hmm. talking about that. Cause I, uh, 
Oh yeah, no, seriously, I'm right there with you, and I think, and I think it's important. This is what I think is important because part of what has happened is that there's, I don't know if it's not a shame. It is a a code that is not kosher for us to really regurgitate things or to say whatever. And um, and so you walk around with a lot of things that happen, and you really just learn to brush them other under the rug because they're gonna make people mad. You you really learn that that whatever you're going through, as yeah. long as you alive, it don't matter. But it really does matter. It, it matters, and it's important, I think, to name those things because that's what instructs our children. But more importantly, it's what instructs our white and other minority neighbors on the on the facts because black experiences are silenced because they make people uncomfortable and mad and they get gaslit and all that other stuff so we learn to be quiet it it instructs our other minority neighbors and i mean not just hispanic asian indian Mm -hmm. also african you know um because that's even a whole nother topic you know unfortunately Uh, I, I, there is an issue with, uh, and I've, I've a, quite a few African, um, you know, colleagues and friends from work and travel and things. And one of the things that I have said is that unless you actually spent your primary grade school years in an American classroom as a child and a middle schooler, you cannot understand for real what it means to be Black in America. You just can't. And that's why you can't relate unless you have some other experience. But if you if you are a person who feels like I don't know what's wrong with y'all and I don't see it, trust and believe you ain't spending your childhood in the classrooms. Like, but you even that's you know, a lot of trauma African, took place. Like those those those. those we learned a lot. African, they come over at a certain point. Oh, yeah. They have a trauma, and some, but but it's weird because sometimes mm-hmm. their trauma comes from white kids, and then sometimes their trauma comes from being around black kids, and it's like whoa, like from black kids. Like, that's and, and right. I had a, I have I had a student who. You know, we were, we talked about she was Nigerian, and she was telling me there's like three groups. There's like a Nigerian students union, there's a an African students union, and a black students union. I was like, why are y'all all separate? That's crazy. Like, why don't y'all all just be the black student union or the black? She said because American blacks, Mister Neely, are not the same as us, and we're not like them. Yada yada. And and, and we. And we had a, That's a right. semester it's not, we're long not. kind of back and forth. Just and and we were, and we're not. she loved me to death. I love her to death. Great kid. But we would just the 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 my I like mm-hmm. when when somebody throws something out like that, I have mm-hmm. to know. Like I have that curiosity where I just need to know like how does this work? Because I had noticed that dynamic when we moved here to the Dallas area. Like right. um, like where Michelle and I lived at first was like a lot of Ethiopian people and a lot of Nigerian people. <laughs> and, uh, we oh yeah. Over, like we, we were in the hood, we were young and, 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 um, and we worked in the hood, we lived in the hood and then went to school at SMU. So it was crazy. You know, it's because everybody's rich at SMU. <laughs> everybody's rich. Um, so <laughs> it was just really, uh, kind of a, a change. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, that's a cl- that's a class thing too, though. That's that's a discussion that I I can't wait to have because um, from knowing a lot of immigrants, number one, immigration immigrating is not cheap. So most of the time, people who can afford to immigrate to America, they're actually already at the top of their economy, uh, wherever they are. So 
you're already a successful businessman in that Nigeria or Sweden or Russia or wherever you're coming from. Your parents, because in order for them to move over here, they already had to have a skill set that produced what they needed. So they're already ahead of the game in their society. But because they're starting over, you know, what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to live in the hood. So they got to live amongst people who they probably who probably would be working for them when they come over here. And they have all that trauma. And not and they have trauma <laughs> because you're really working amongst people that ain't their tribe. Your family, from in your society, you're cultured. In your society, you're where you are. But you come over here and you start over amongst people you just wouldn't even live by in your, in your country. And so, yeah, you develop, you know, a sense of what the heck is wrong with these people. They're like this because you already... You know, you're already a little bit ahead of the game. And then on top of that, often, if you're a successful businessman in Nigeria who is successful enough to yeah, move you, you five are, people you, over here, let me tell you something. You're going to yeah. be successful wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you start from the bottom. It's in you. You that Because it's the principles. If you can run a business there, you're going to come over here and run the heck out of a business. You can go to China and run a business because you already are there. You're already in that in that spot. You know, it's so you already have the skills. Mm. And so I, you know, um, like Adrian, it's like your 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 uh yeah. grandmothers be teachers. Your vocabulary is going to supersede if they even halfway try to teach you, you're going to supersede everybody else around you because of what they already have. And it wouldn't matter if y'all lived in Fifth Ward or <laughs> if y'all happen. moved over to China. You, you're already going to be, it's going to happen. You're going to supersede because they already got it in you and they got it there. And I think that dynam- dynamic adds to the trauma uh, as well as, you know, this whole oh. model minority, um, you know, thing that a lot of other, you know, a lot of other nationalities adopt because they come over here and uh, they got to start off in the hood and stuff, and in the marginalized areas, and they they can't they can't believe it, and they get traumatized. So yeah. I think that's part of it. But you know, I can't wait to. I think that's a rich oh, yeah. that's a rich discussion too. That that I think Man. we should totally dive into. Oh yeah! So how, how we definitely gonna do it? We how often will we? We definitely uh, gonna do connect? it. I mean, this is. This is good for me. Yeah. You see, I'm a talker. I'm just all talking. We all have books up to say. We needed a this is, after this I love week. it. I mean, no, no, no. This is this is great for me. I'm I'm learning. Yeah. This week. For yeah. Me was like the only reason I haven't had more to drink. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just because I've been just busy enough that I couldn't just run out to the store and grab. <laughs> I've been trying to see if this specs up the street is open. Like, man. You've been trying to get the specs, right? Man, man, exactly. 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 I mean, man, I've been going through it myself, but uh, yeah, no, I'm learning. Nikki, man, I'm learning. See, I I enjoy learning from those that that fly high and and seek uh, truth and, uh, you know, and seek knowledge, you know, uh, because, you know, a lot of of people don't understand knowledge and wisdom is two different things. And, uh, you know, but, uh, but, you know, this, this podcast, I think, and we can, we can all, you know, put in a vote for it. I just think, you know, once we get, get our, uh, uh, flow going, you know, once a week we can start out, 
with a commitment on that. And then once we get the, you know, get the ear of, of listeners, then we can, we can build from that to twice a week. I kind of thought, you know, uh, the goal was Mm -hmm. for me in my mind, uh, uh, Tuesdays and Thursday podcast, you know, you know, and, uh, something like that. But once we get it going, we, we cannot, we cannot fall back. We got to move forward. We got to keep that, that torch lit. Uh, because again, it's honestly, I've already prayed over this yeah. thing. I feel like it's way bigger than me. It's, it's bigger than me. And, uh, it's not about just me. And if I can help somebody, uh, oh, yeah, black, oh, yeah, white, Puerto Rican, a Haitian by what I'm telling them, uh, then, <laughs> you know, I got that from tribe called quest, uh, Adrian, by the way. Oh, okay. You know, every now and then I'm gonna drop in some hip hop, you know, yeah, you know, every now and then. Yeah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, I was just saying, if I can help somebody, then that's that's what I'm all about. But I am no longer going to wear my mask. Yeah. And that is another topic that we will discuss because you get tired yeah, when you are home yeah. from, from the plantation. OK, you get tired. And I am I'm 45 years old. I'm tired. And I'm not wearing my mask anymore. And I'm not talking yeah. about Corona mask. I'm talking about that mask, that invisible mask that we have to put on every day when we go to work. In itself, yeah. Intellectual, it's, and it's, it's painful. It's painful yeah. to just yes, to just sit it's there intellectual and hold certain violence. things yes, in and is. know they're messed up. And 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 in the presence of people who actually oh, don't have sisters and have the freedom to not do that, and then you're kind of like. But if you say like I, I mean you and because every yeah. time we say something, I start yeah. thinking about something else. But yeah, but I'm I'm straight. I'm I, good. I, I know, I know, I know. We go, we go. Hey, I'm gonna call it in about another ten minutes. And we say, but if you say I'm, white, yeah, you know, but that's like an epithet. Like they don't like all the words that that, that, that they, people supposedly say mm, are supposed to be derogatory to white like. people. <laughs> They don't. They don't care. They don't care if you call them with George yes. Jefferson to call people on the show. Yes. And all that no. Stuff. You. You but can't you say, say white. White. Also, yeah. Like, yeah. What do you mean by that? And it's like you're white. Like no. You're, like, what else they do not. To say like you are a white person, and, and and that's when they that that's when you you notice. And I'm like, but you just you just asked, you just told a joke about five you know like black people liking barbecue or something like you just you just did that. I was right here. You felt like that was okay, <laughs> but then I said white, and you're up in arms and so exactly 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 you're up in arms and there's someone else who's going to be up in arms with you and you know that you might mob up on me too you know and so that's um yeah it's it's i mean we learn avoid it I mean, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki wears a Nikki wears a cape. Let me tell you, Nikki wears a cape. She came through and saved me on that thing because the thing that day when I'm not gonna say his name, but that day when uh, you know he he got on there and he was telling me basically that I need to uh, uh, stop Democrat. taking up for this person because he a Democrat, and I'm like, There's dude, first of all, sides, I care less about neither one of these yeah. parties because I know the deal. I know what's going on. Now, sure, That's I it. vote exactly. because people died for my vote. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like this. I, I vote for those that support my cause. And it's just unfortunate that one acknowledges us and the other we one just doesn't we even, I mean, uh, one one even acknowledges us that's, that's acknowledge and the other one uh, uses us. Okay? So I just, 
Well, we act as if we act okay. as if lesser has not been the portion exactly. of black folks since the history of America. We've had to learn that lesser is our portion, okay. not just in politics. Come on now. Lesser pay, lesser, you know, lesser time, lesser right. patience, lesser right. this, you know, it it's lesser tolerance. We have had mm-hmm. to lesser freedom to speak what it's we like, want. Oh, what are you, what you know, like, um, I gotta yeah, it's threatening. You go into Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. go into rooms where you have to know, you have to know all of the if this, then that, don't say this, but this, then that. And you have to play by those rules man. amongst people who are oh, literally man. often they, oblivious they up, of them. They made, they grew up and then they the be running it. Understood. It was never like... Have y'all ever know, walked into an like office? To, somebody, like yeah. everybody, and I don't remember now, my parents have told me, you know, my parents tell you the oh, records it, are don't be that stupid. Like, when people man. talk about... Remember when you gave your Man. child the lesson about how to talk to police? No, honestly, like my parents, we didn't have that talk. We had a talk that was more like just how to conduct yourself, period. And 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 um, now there you at least I feel like for my generation, that whole thing word at least yeah. that whole like we we might talk to our kids about that now, but I feel like with my generation, maybe you had an experience and you realized. I might not want to screw this up. Like I, I, especially after people started getting beat. Like, but I don't remember my dad specifically yeah. saying that. My dad kind of kept it all encompassing. Now he did talk about what you would have to deal with when you got in certain corporate spaces, and what you would have to deal with when you got around in, in like meetings and how the mic before they called them microaggressions, yeah. like things people <laughs> would say. Like we had that talk. But yes. Because Adrian, I think our parents came from my mom and I've had this discussion before. Our parents were the group that they experienced that first set of the civil rights, and so they actually thought, okay, all the barriers, or at least some of the barriers, are yeah. moved, we're going to move to the other side of the tracks. So they thought the answer was be the best good black person you can. Yeah, just we made now it. you're on the other side of the tracks, and nobody. Nobody knew at that yeah. time about emotional violence. We experienced it. They, my parents did not know the amount of emotional and intellectual violence it was going to school with white children who had racist parents They and racist teachers. They didn't know that. People didn't understand black kids and thought, yeah. what's wrong with you? Let me make you like us. They, they couldn't have. And that's why the prison system and that whole mass incarceration mm. thing grew to the point that it was because there's so many there's so many black oh, yeah. uh especially young men who entered the prison system who actually mm-hmm. didn't grow up in the hood. They was in the suburbs. It's like their story did not their story did not end the way it was supposed to end because nobody could predict the damage that it was because wow. we thought the answer was integration. You know, we thought the answer was Okay, now they removed the barriers and they let us into where they were. But but the real answer, in my opinion, we didn't we weren't the ones that had a problem. We understood white people. We've had to understudy white culture just to survive for decades in, in their shadows. I think they needed to come over and see that there was nothing wrong with us. Be- because most of the issues are uh white culture misunderstanding not understanding, avoiding and labeling yeah. any and all things quote unquote black. And so, you know, but to, to answer, you know, I squirreled a little bit 
But mm. to, but to piggyback on what you were saying, I think there were lots of conversations technically that our parents, a a, a, a subset of our parents, in oh, particular yeah. the black middle class, didn't think they had to have with their kids because they mm. thought, oh, we're where we're supposed to be. This is this is gonna work, and mm-hmm. nobody knew the toll. Yeah. that and nobody knew because it was their first time. Nobody really, knew. They didn't really know that they, they saw some things that that gave them pause. Mm-hmm. But I think when, by the time I got to high school, that's when they really noticed it, and they were like, "Oh, wait a minute, maybe you know, <laughs> like maybe this, you know, this thing that we thought was the American <laughs> way, or you know, the new." you know, what we were supposed to aspire to, maybe this ain't it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, Sam Houston is one of the first place that mm-hmm. I went. And um, uh, at Sam, yep. you know, they had a lot of kids from Jack Yates. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Houston, a whole lot of people from Jack Yates came to Sam. And a whole lot of people from yep. uh, Dallas came to Sam. <laughs> and Sam Houston, my freshman year, was the very first time in my life mm-hmm. That I met black kids who did not code switch who were smarter than me. Because and I remember yeah, just everybody being like, like shocked. that's what I that's what I was talking about. Um, Either Bishop or James Johnson, uh yeah. our buddy from San Francisco. Mm. One day I was like, Man, you know, we were like a funny group because we go hoop, we go to the cafeteria, we go eat, we go cut, we cuss, we 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 roast each other on the on the cut, and then we would all go back to our buddies' rooms. You know, Gerald and Jamar, we go sit in there and uh, play Jeopardy against each other. Like, watch Jeopardy and play it, you know. And then watch mm-hmm. a few episodes of Seinfeld because they would record them. And then play the video game. But, you know, we would do things like mm. nobody, you know, they. I'm sure everybody looked at us and would think, oh, yeah, they're going to the, they gonna mm. go to the gym. They're going to go hoop and they're going to go do these things. But you got this whole group of dudes that then go in there and play Jeopardy against each other. And then sometimes have some conversation about history or politics or you know and it wasn't even like we were trying to be enlightened yeah. or overly it was what we were actually interested in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and 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 adrian the thing with me is that what was exactly. for me at least in i can speak in bay on for baytown and clinton like i was in my high school graduating class i think it was maybe three other kids that were like in ap and honors classes that were black um the and this is a class of over 500 um and the prereq the unspoken prerequisite for being smart uh or being considered smart was first of all being able to appropriate you know if you didn't talk like uh you know then you weren't considered smart so i grew up and subliminally i i did i did not know i i mean in our whole culture even people i grew up with that were black like Oh, you're so smart. Nikki's so smart. I did not know that that you could be smart if you didn't talk like that. And I was 18 years old and literally it in a mm. little set of shock, like, wow, like, you know, um, how are you uh knowing mm-hmm. what you need? Like this <laughs> level of this arrogance. I, I'm I'm dead serious and it went and it took me into an epiphany <laughs> and I realized like you know I was very comfortable being yeah. the best black that I competed to I competed like, to get the best black. Like and black. then mm-hmm. after that I was pretty cool. Oh my, my uh connection almost went out. Can y'all hear me? Uh 
black kids in suburban schools. Yeah, we hear you. Over black, I used to call it over black or really black it up. Yeah. Like, like they would try to be, since you go to this school, it's like 3% <laughs> black or 5% black. Definitely wasn't double, <laughs> double, you know, double digit percentage black. You, you, so they were like extra black. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, might maybe we we'd have we have a derogatory term for it, but we're we're all at least gonna try to stay PC for one day, I guess. Um uh probably haven't done that somewhere else in the conversation, but they would try to really just like black it up. <laughs> and, and and so you are like <laughs> then so then when you get to college, mm-hmm. you get to college and you talking to kids and the kid talks just like you. Oh, yeah, here they the come. Kid talks to yeah. you like you you everybody knows each other black. We know black, we like black stuff, we do black things, but you don't feel the need to like just be extra black. You just and I noticed what I noticed is that kids that go to predominantly black schools, they have that comfort level. That kids <laughs> go to the like the like my friends who went to other that's predominantly it. black schools I, that, that you know I would see it. them on the court when we were my buddy oh, yes. and I would go play basketball and other places around the city the the dudes that i would meet that went to all the predominantly black schools when i would talk to them they didn't code switch we got along great they were you know we talked we but because they were already comfortable thank you they didn't they didn't code switch they didn't change it up when somebody they were comfortable sounding intelligent comfortable with who they were sounding right like they weren't they they weren't trying to be black. They were just yeah. They were just borderline. They didn't, kids. They, didn't they didn't put no like, extra on is. it. I don't know. We yep. talked about Bill Cosby mm-hmm. on this podcast. Somebody be like, oh, they said Cosby canceled. Exactly. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be uh 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 uh. They better oh, leave my be hey leave my dude alone, man. <laughs> you don't want me. You don't want me to get on that subject. Uh, trust me, I got a conspiracy well, you know, for your tail on that one. Trust me. Level. That is a must here. Kids that comfortable. I was like, how are they comfortable that when yeah. these white people come speak to us and they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, like they didn't change to that. And I, it, it took me, I was in my 30s before I stopped. Well, before I became like, okay, how can I stop doing that? And even even now, sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll launch back into it. I'm just more aware of it. It's like because I was trained, Same so highly here. trained to to do that. And I, but in college, that's when I yeah. met black students. Mm-hmm. I aspire to their comfort level. Like they are. I was always apologetically black because we were forced to be. You could oh, yeah, not be tough. anything close to black unless you want to experience some of that judgment discomfort and really really whatever it was that came with it and not being the spokesperson you know like that's another thing that was exhausting as a kid and traumatizing and so you learn one way to not be a spokesperson is to try to be the exceptional negro you know um and 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 yeah i i aspire to that comfort level and it took me on this you know uh journey i was already pro-black i just was apologetically black and I think it took me on some uh, a self discovery for a very long time, and highly mm. spiritual self discovery of kind of trying to free my mind of you know the effects I guess <laughs> yeah. of, of of living under supremacy. You know, Baytown area Highlands, 
It is active clan. We had clan rallies. <laughs> uh, clan met across the street. Yeah, they still are active clan in Baytown. Oh, I bet it's y'all still did. Active clan out there, Baytown Highlands. Wow. Um, when we started the NAACP chapter there a couple years ago, um, the clan was recruiting, and so they were putting little flyers and uh, with a rock in it and you know, in people's yards <laughs> and inside of a Ziploc bag because they wanted to, you know, recruit and um. That area that uh, that our chapter had covered, the chapter's inactive now, but it, the area that that chapter covered was, um, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago yeah, where I, the guy killed the Hispanic guy outside of Denny's. Yeah, that's that's that area. That's clan country. Uh, where mm. Officer, Officer Brown in Baytown is trending right now. Oh, Our first, I mean, the day that we actually got installed as officers, Half of our officers left because we were having a forum at J.D. Walker, which is uh, inside of McNair, which is uh, one of the black neighborhoods in Baytown, about Officer Brown. Officer Brown was Baytown PD. McNair was considered Harris County. Officer Brown would come out to McNair just to beat on black folks. He wasn't even supposed to be patrolling it. And he was so problematic. He's been problematic for wow. years that that was one of the first things, as, again, as the NAACP that we tried to take on to get to happen. And, um, yeah. And then oh, the NAACP, you know, I'm that's, another pod, that's another podcast. Oh, yeah. Too. Y'all, y'all, uh, I don't want to know what I got to say about them. <laughs> they gonna make me cuss. <laughs> well, we're we going to sit down. Okay. We gonna sit down and jot down these these topics, and we gonna I, pick. I, we, I mean, we gonna we gonna list I our topics, like and I don't care how long that list is. We are gonna list these Trump. topics, like, and then we gonna like, just start oh, selecting. Yeah. But like but what I we want. Like I feel like. Come yeah, on! Like, you know, Ooh, yeah, that one we got. You know what? Do. That's a hot one. <laughs> that's a hot yeah, one. Yeah, that's. Like, and I feel like we need. That might be a couple parts. Yeah. So I think. I think that's a good one, but that's definitely a hot one, and we can't yeah, come in there. We can't come in sloppy on that one. You got to come and hit it. I mean, because uh, yeah, you got to have you your stuff bring together. It on that yeah, one. I'm gonna have to have my. I'm gonna have to have my bullet that points. That's right. Yeah, right. I'm gonna have to have my bullet points on that. But yeah, we we definitely. Adrian's this PDF I made. Speaking of, episode. did you guys hear, do you listen to The Breakfast Club? Mm. Um, Kirk Franklin, I rarely listen to Break- Breakfast Club, but I was uh, driving the other morning, Kirk Franklin was on there. Okay. And, um, <laughs> man, I, you know, and I'm not really like, <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, it's like, Be nice. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, Kirk, I mean, he's a musician. I mean, whatever, I have a whole nother issue with with some of that stuff, not just him, but just in the church in general. <laughs> and um, they were asking him about what does he say to people that are saying about forgive and stuff. When I say he brought the word on there, he was just like, look, you know, the Bible say mourn with those who mourn. We that's in a stupid. time of mourning. Y'all running around talking about they need to pray for enemy. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, he went, it, it is worth it is worth YouTubing and listening to his interview. I heard about 20, 25 minutes okay. of it, and I was just like, "Woo!" I mean, it was like, I was like, thank you. Yes, I mean, he was kind of, a lot of what he was saying, um, it matches, like, what I feel yeah. about uh, 
what I think our the the church is supposed to be. Right. Christians are supposed to be. Uh, you know, Oof. vocalize a lot of my own oh, frustrations man. with organized oh. religion right now mm. and how it represents God. And so yeah, it was good. You got You guys got to look it up. It's definitely That's it was up. definitely worth like a yeah. Kirk was uh he actually came and, and brought it. To, he brought it. Yeah. He brought it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say this. This will conclude what we uh, sought out to do. Uh, I mean, we brought it. I, I don't know if y'all realize, but boy, y'all <laughs> y'all hammered down with this. So we got over an hour of good content, um, and I will definitely uh, edit it to the best of my ability and and get this thing rolling. And uh, but once again, I want to thank y'all for uh, bringing your energy and your spirits to this. Uh, it means a lot to me because you don't have to do it. And uh, and but again, let's let's get out there. Uh, uh, each one uh, teach one to reach one. That is going to be the slogan unless we come up with something different, which I'm, I'm like I'm saying, I'm, I'm game to anything. But, yeah. you know, once again, it's all about it's all, it's all about helping somebody. Uh, through our yeah. testimony, you know, at the end of the yeah. day, that's yeah. what it is. And if it, yeah. if it helps us too, then great. You know, I'm all, I'm all about that. So uh, we're going to go ahead and conclude at this <laughs> point. Cause uh, I don't know about y'all. I smell food oh, in this kids. kitchen and uh, my, my kids, <laughs> my kids is greedy <laughs> and they don't leave. They don't leave nothing for, for pop. Yeah. So. Man, I put a I put a roast in the crock pot Sunday night. That no, listen, I put in the crock pot Sunday night, and I said, okay, this is good. I'm gonna have this for my lunch prep. But I forgot my so my son home from college eating roast. uh, (laughs) It's summer, so they stayed up all night. Man, I got up in the morning. I was like, why don't smell no pot roast? I I was like, that pot roast was so good. The whole oh, pot roast. they got <laughs> gaming like in the in the game talking. Wow. Move the headphones to the side. Hey, Marty, pot roast is good. <laughs> Back in the game. Okay, <laughs> like, you know what? Okay, you know what? But, but they in the house. I'm I'm grateful. So you yeah. know they they yeah. do you know. Yeah, oh, so, you know, dog and my kids. Yeah, that's gonna be a whole separate podcast too. Uh, I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna say that boy, I got a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, I got six kids, mm. so I got a lot of stories. Ooh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got these these dreadlocks turning gray. I'm looking. I'm starting. To, <laughs> I'm starting to look like a uh, uh, Billy Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck on me. You blame it on me. Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> hey on that note okay, we want to thank y'all for this listening to the strange fruit podcast we're gonna bring it on this next go but we just want to thank y'all for listening this was a great introduction and adrian uh you have a blessed blessed time blessed night uh nikki you have a good night blessed night as well and uh i can't wait thank for our, our our other guy to come on so when he comes on, he he's gonna be he a little bit more. Uh, how can I say anyway, he's gonna show more contrition gonna... Uh, than what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. No, I don't. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to be like him. I'm gonna try to be like him. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get your debit card, sir. There we go. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Put it. In, yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey, I All love right, y'all, guys. and I will see y'all on the other side. <laughs>